Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. But we can hear glad tidings of good news because we're bitter toward God because of our past circumstances. Remember, if you'd like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. The Judges. We're going to go back to Judges, Judges, the sixth chapter. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord that the Lord has for you today. In Judges, the sixth chapter, we were here on last week. And we started uh, with the message entitled, I've got to make it out. I've got to make it out. I've got to make it out of this. I've got to make it out. And uh, we're looking at Gideon here and the things that he uh, under, under, uh, had undergone and, and uh, seeing how the Lord delivered him. Are y'all ready to pray with me before we get started? Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time, this opportunity, uh, for this moment in time that you have appointed for us to gather under your word. And Father, I do pray that you would speak to us expressly by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead us and guide us into all truth and that you would show us things to come. Give us that wisdom from on high. And Lord, I do pray that your anointing would reign forth in this house and that it would break yokes and cause change to come. Even now, Lord, even now, cause deliverance to come forth. Lord, I pray that today we will speak as an oracle, that we will speak prophetically and with words of knowledge as the word of God goes forth. And let the word of God hit the target every single time. Lord, I yield myself to you. I yield myself to you. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, let your heart say amen. 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 Are you open to hear the word of God today? All right. Well, let's go back into Judges, the sixth chapter, Judges 6. And we're going to do just a little bit of reading here. Judges 6, verse 1. And it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the uh, of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made themselves dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds and it was rather and so it was when israel had sown that the midianites came up and the amalekites and the children of the east even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up uh, with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their cattle were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. Verse 6, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. We'll stop there. I believe we stopped there on last time. Now, a few things I want us to notice here is that uh, notice when the enemy came, when did they come to uh, torment Israel? They came to torment Israel when it was time for Israel to harvest what they had planted. 
Didn't mess with them any other time, really. But just when they came out to harvest what they had planted. They had planted, I'm sure, corn and wheat and uh, maybe even some watermelon if they were blessed. I don't know. But they were they planted all these things out. And when the crops had come and uh, had come up and it was time for harvest, then the devil came in. And it wasn't that it wasn't as though they were hungry. They didn't want to eat it. They just didn't want the people of God to have it. So every time they came, every time the people of God came to reap the harvest, the enemy came and devoured it and left the people in poverty. It's kind of like, as we talked a moment ago about jobs, it's kind of like you, you hear, hear about a job and uh, you, get, you get to that job and they are hiring. But when you finally get there and sit down before the interviewer, oh, all positions are filled up. Or it's kind of like you're going out for a loan and everybody else gets a loan and now we've run out of money. Every time you put your hand into the pot to reap, to get things for yourself or to get things for your family, it seems as though it's devoured before you get a chance to get it. And this is what the enemy was doing to the children of Israel at that time. He was oppressing them. He was blocking them out from receiving increase for themselves and their families. He was oppressing them. Now, why was that happening? When verse number one tells you and says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Well, the children of Israel sinned. Now, we went over this on last week, but let me uh, revisit this just for a moment. Now, how or why, why would God uh, put a person under someone else's power? Why would he do that? Let me give you an answer for that. He wouldn't. God gives us all what's called uh, a free will. We are all free moral agents. And as long as the people of God stayed with God, they were in peace. They had rest. But the moment they walked out of the presence of God, by their own will, they walked out of God. They walked away from God. They backslid from God. Well, they fell under another's power and control. And Midian only offered one thing, poverty. They offered poverty or destruction or calamity. So as long as the children of God were staying under the rule of Midian, worshiping their gods. Remember the Lord said, I'm your, I'm the Lord, your God. You will have no other gods before me. Well, the people of God began to serve the gods of the Midianites. They began to serve the gods of the Amalekites, all these other things. And those gods rained down their quote unquote reverse blessings. They're backwards blessings and a backwards blessing is a curse. Are you with me? So what we see here happening is that the people of God are now out there and they're in, uh, we can say they're in the harsh sun. They're getting a, they're getting bad sun, uh, a bad sun tan. They're getting skin cancer out there. They're out there in the harsh sun. They're not in under the covering of God where there is air conditioning. Are you with me? Where the sun is not directly hitting us. Hallelujah. But they decided where well, we want to go out and serve these other gods. We want to go out and have our feel and, and do our our dance and our jig and our stank leg we want to do all of that stuff we want to serve and we want to party hearty party all the time party all the time we want to do everything but serve the lord so they went out and they were out there and they suffered the consequences but now that they're out there they turn their hearts back toward the lord and they say lord save us and that's where we're ending up here in verse number six and it says, and Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. Now, there's nothing like poverty and lack that, that'll make you want to turn your heart back toward God. Amen. 
Just ask the prodigal son. Right? He had a lot, but then what happened? He, he ran out of money. He would have eaten the, 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 the food that the pigs ate, but thought, hey, I don't have anything. I need to go back to my father's house. And that's one thing, and I thank God for his mercy. He's not like man and say, well, you left me, you stay on out there. But no, God, he's a forgiving God, a loving God, a merciful God, and his arms are open wide and is extended to you. And just like in the account of the prodigal son, his arms are open and he runs to you to embrace you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? And so the children of God here, they cried out unto the Lord. And uh, let's look at verse number seven. Let's look and see. We're going to see how the Lord responds to, the, to his children and, and how he restores us because the, uh, Israel was like, a, a, like the Old Testament church. And we're going to see how God restored them and how he's going to bring deliverance forth in their lives. And we're also going to see how he restores us and brings deliverance forth in our lives. Are you with me? Let's look at this. Verse 7 says, And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet. Now you're going to see two different things here that God's going to send. God, number one here, is sending a prophet. Well, actually three things. He sends a prophet, he sends an angel, and he sends a deliverer. Oh, that's wonderful. He sends a prophet, an angel, and a deliverer. Let's see. Now, this is what the, the Lord is saying through the prophet, starting here in verse number 8. Um, it says here, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the, uh, unto the children of Israel, which said unto them. So, here is the man of God. Here is the preacher that is now declaring to the people of God that realize that they have been wrong. They realize that they're in poverty or that they're in dire straits. Not because God did this to them, but because they went out, they backslid, and they left the Lord. Are you with me? Amen. Now the prophet says to them. This is what the prophet is saying here. It says, uh, this is what the Lord is saying through the prophet, rather. He said, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their lands. So the Lord is reminding the people, I've got the power to deliver you. There is no situation that you can get in that God can't get you out of. Oh, that's a wonderful word. There's no debt that you can get in. There's no problem. There's no trouble. There's no jail time, no court time, no whatever it is. There's nothing that you can get yourself into that God can't get you out of. That's wonderful. We ought to praise the Lord with that right there. Hallelujah. So the Lord speaks through the prophet. And first of all, the Lord gives the people courage. He gives them hope. I got the power to get you out of this. I know what the Midianites are doing. I know how they're devouring your stuff. You can't get ahead in life. You can't save any money. You can't invest any money. You're living from hand to mouth. And God says, I know why. And I can also deliver you out of that thing too. So the very first thing the Lord does, he sends hope. Uh, hope uh, in the lives of the people that God can deliver you and that he will deliver you just like he's doing for me right now praise the Lord to us God has the power to deliver you out of poverty sickness shame guilt out of a bad situation out of a bad relationship he has the power to do it he did it before and he can do it again praise the Lord 
Turn to your neighbor and tell him he did it before and he can do it again. Oh, that's wonderful. Now look after he gives the people hope, after the Spirit of God, speaking through the prophet, gives the people hope. And then he gives them a word of correction. Look at verse 10. The Lord said, and I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Again, the Lord said, I told you now, he's still speaking through the prophet, still speaking through the preacher. He said, I told you to leave them folk alone. I told you not to go over there. I told you this and I told you that, but you ignored my voice and now this has come unto you. The Lord said, I told you so. He said, I told you so. You ever had somebody say to you, I told you so? You ever want to tell somebody else, I told you so? The Lord said, I told you, don't serve those other gods. To fear means to serve. Don't serve those other gods. But you did not obey my voice. And the preacher stops there in verse number 10. So that is the part of the prophet. The prophet brings the people encouragement. And he also brings them a word of correction. Encouragement and correction. Praise the Lord. And now the Lord sends in verse number 11. Now the Lord sends an angel. Now it is the angel's duty or it's his job to confirm the words of the prophet. It is his duty to make sure that God's word comes to pass. Now, the prophet has just spoken, I'm going to bring you out of this. I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who brought you out of the house of bondage. And I'm, gonna, I'm the one who's going to bring you out of this now. Hallelujah. So there is hope that is built in the hearts of the people. And they realize, too, that they have been wrong. So they're in a spirit of repentance now. Oh, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Because the Lord would not remind you of his his power to deliver if he was not planning on delivering you now hallelujah and so the people are they are hopeful and they are repenting at the same time and they're waiting on the power of God to be revealed to get them out of the situation well the Lord sends the power in the form of an angel here hallelujah he sends the angel to the third person to the deliverer praise god almighty hallelujah isn't it wonderful to know that even as god speaks to you prophetically now as he tells you right now that he has the power to get you out of the situation that you're in out of the debt that you're in out of the hard time you're in out of that relationship or whatever it is out of the trouble or calamity as he reminds you now hope fills your heart praise the lord and as he reminds you i told you not to do this i told you not to sign that contract I told you not to go down there but at the same time there is hope in your heart and even right now God's sending an angel hallelujah he's sending an angel hallelujah with a word with power that will inspire the one that is to bring forth deliverance hallelujah oh this is some good stuff we thank God for Jesus go ahead and give the Lord Jesus a hand to praise hallelujah Mm. because Jesus is the one that connects the old and the new testament he's the one that makes the bridge without Jesus we couldn't have the blessings that were there in the old hallelujah if we couldn't we couldn't partake of it it would just remain a shadow but because of Jesus Christ that shadow has become solid and we can lay hold to it say this promise is mine, promise is mine. Uh, uh say this promise is mine 
Uh-huh. Let's look at verse number 11. And it says, and there came an angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, this is wonderful. Praise the Lord. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah. Not Oprah, but Ophrah. Praise the Lord. Which is in Ophrah. Uh, that uh, pertaineth unto Joash the Abizrite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Now verse 11 is so power packed. I don't know if we can get to verse number 12, but let's try, let, let's try it again verse 11. So we see here an angel that came from the Lord. Now the Bible says the first thing we see about the angel uh, is that it sat it sat the angel sat I, I don't want to say it but he let's say he sat this angel of the Lord sat now to sit means to be in rest like you are right now you are at rest you are at rest the angel sat under an oak this is an oak tree an oak tree always symbolizes a strong stable place a good piece of oak Hallelujah, strong, stable place. I'm not sure how many of you have been hit by an oak stick before. I hope you haven't, praise the Lord. Maybe you played baseball or, or, or some other type of ball and you hit with a bat, an oak bat. That's a hard piece of wood. Are you hearing me? So the angel is sitting in a stable place. Are you with me? He is sitting in a stable place. Well, what is the place where he is sitting? What is it called? Ophrah. And Ophrah means fond. Or fawn, F-A-W-N. Now, the word fawn in the, in the Hebrew here uh, has two, really two connotations. The word fawn has two connotations. And one uh, has to do with that baby deer, right? Fawn. Uh, but the more excellent interpretation is the, uh, that fawn means here to be affectionate with someone. Uh, it means uh, to try to gain favor by flattery. Now, you're going to see this definition worked out. To try to gain favor by flattery, or it means to exhibit affection or attempt to please. Now, here's this is a wonderful thing. Now, none of this is done just by happenstance. An angel of the Lord comes down and sits or is at rest. He's at rest in a strong, stable place. The place is called Fawn, which means I am attracted to you uh, or, or I want to please you. So what's happening here? What, what picture is developing here? God is saying, I see you in your sin. I know what is happening to you, but I'm in a stable place that is not going to change. And I'm at rest in my position and the way that I feel about you. And guess what? I am seeking your affection now I want to come to you the more the more than you want to come to me wow look at the Lord look at how the word is taking picture and taking form because if you analyze that you'll hear the same wording taking place in John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave he was affectionate towards you he came after you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have what everlasting life the Bible also declares that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us he 
saw you in your condition and he is so in tune on you he's not trying to run you off but he is fond of you hallelujah he's coming after you hallelujah he has goodness and mercy following you he's telling them go after him go after him go after him make sure they get their blessing make sure they get their blessing now here again the people had sinned but what's God positioned he's running out to you he's running out to you just like the prodigal son's father running out to you he's fond of you isn't that something oh hallelujah so he's willing to deliver you but not only willing to deliver you he's running to you he's seeking your affection isn't that wonderful he's seeking turn your name and tell him he's seeking your affection he is seeking your affection now hold your fingers there in the book of Judges. Let me show you something in the book of James. James, the fourth chapter, James 4. God is seeking your affection. He is seeking you out. And don't you know the Bible declares that uh, no one can come into God's presence except he draws you. He has to draw you. Even when we were out there in the club or, or out there doing whatever with whoever and whenever, it was God's spirit, the spirit of the Lord that was drawing you saying, I'm attracted to you. I love you. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. We were, we, we may have been turning up a 40 or 50, a man shebits or whatever they call it, a vodka or whatever else. Turn it up. But God's spirit was saying, I love you. I'm attracted to you. I'm drawn to you come to me come to me and you couldn't you felt like I don't know something's not right I don't want to be here I don't want something I, I, I got to go to church I got I got to go to church there's something in me why because he's attracted to you he's drawn to you he loves you he loves you with a red hot passionate love oh let's give the Lord a hand of praise I'm telling you oh Lord we thank you for your anointing Look at this. Now look here again in James 4. Look at the Lord's attitude here in James 4. Now I'm going to read this to you uh, out of the Amplified Bible. Out of the Amplified Bible. James 4, uh, because I just love the way it reads. It really brings it out. James 4, um, uh, chapter 4, verses 4, 5, and 6. This is how it reads. Verse 4 out of the Amplified. It says, you are like unfaithful wives. Um having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your vow, rather breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the, being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Oh my Jesus, somebody left the presence of God, went out there, right? Like an unfaithful wife, you going out there doing whatever, but God is a faithful husband who still stands at the door, hallelujah. He knows you've been with this person, that person, the other, but he still loves you and says, come on back home, baby, hallelujah. I'm telling you, he loves you. Woo, he loves you, he loves you. Now listen to verse five. It says, here again, I've amplified. Verse 5 says, Or do you suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says, The spirit whom he has caused to dwell in you yearns over us. And he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. 
it is the Holy Spirit that yearns for you. He yearns for your time. He yearns for your attention. That's someone that's attracted to you. Hallelujah. He yearns for you. He wants some of your TV time. Praise the Lord. He wants some of your telephone time. I know I'm cursing at somebody, but he wants that time. Hallelujah. He wants some of your Facebook time, some of your Twittering time, some of your texting time. The Holy Spirit says, come on, sit with me. Come on, talk to me. I yearn for you. I yearn for you. I long for you. He longed for you so much that he was willing to die than to ever be without you. That's how much he loves you. That's the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Somebody shout praise the Lord. I'm telling you. And this is the type of love affair that we see happening here in Judges the 6th chapter. Hallelujah. Let's go back over to Judges the 6th chapter. Praise the Lord. As you're flipping over, let me go ahead and read verse 6 on the Amplified of uh, James the 4th chapter. Verse 6 says, but he gives us more and more grace power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all our and all ours fully that is why he said God sets himself against the proud and halting but gives grace continually to the lowly those who are humble enough to receive it and the people of God now in Jude and um, judge the sixth chapter or now in a humble place there's nothing like not having money to make you humble. Nothing, about, uh, nothing like having a few debt collectors to call you or having a sheriff notice on your door or having the lights cut off or the water cut off or the gas cut off to make you humble. Oh, God, help me, please. See, now we're in a position to hear from God. In a haunted place when everything is going well, sometimes it's harder for us as humans to hear. Hallelujah. When your belly is full, sometimes it's harder to hear. And really scientifically, that, that is correct. When, we, when the stomach is digesting, when we are full, it takes more power or more energy to digest that. And actually, some of your hearing decreases. Google it. You'll see what I'm saying is true. When you're full, your hearing begins to go a little bit. Going back to Judges, the sixth chapter. We see here again, verse number 11. The Lord sent that angel. Uh, the Lord sent that angel and he was sitting under an oak at Ophrah. Now, let's look and see. Now, that's the angel. Now, let's see what Gideon is doing here. The Bible says, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the wine press. Threshed wheat by the wine press. Now the word by here says by the wine press. By can also be interpreted as in. As a matter of fact, you'll find that in several other translations. He threshed wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. So here is a farmer. And some of you know the, the account of Gideon. Here is the farmer. God's about to take a farmer and turn him into a general in his army. Wow, somebody highly unlikely, highly unlikely, highly unskilled, but he has the ability to hear from God and God's going to change his situation and the entire nations because he can hear from God and do what he says. And this is how God's going to change your situation as well as you hear from God and do what he says. Are you with me? Can we go just a little bit further here today? Now we see here that Gideon is threshing. He is threshing. Say threshing. Gideon is 
threshing in the wine press. Threshing was uh, to separate the wheat from the chaff. He is literally uh, removing uh, or separating the inedible chaff from the edible wheat. Are you with me? He was literally beating the bad off of the good in a secret place. Now he was doing this in the wine press so that the enemy couldn't see it. Because if the Midianites had seen him threshing wheat, oh, they would have been on him like white on rice, like roaches. I won't go there. They would have been on that. Are you with me? They would have been on that. If they had seen him trying to prosper during this time, they would have devoured him. So Gideon had to get in his secret place. You know about the secret place and the secret place of the most high God. You know about the secret place where the Lord said you ought to give your alms in secret and the father would seize in secret, reward you openly. He tells us to pray in secret, to fast in secret. Gideon is in his secret place trying to provide bread for his family. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And he is literally here beating the bad off of the good so that his family can eat. He is beating the bad off of the good so that his family can eat. Praise the Lord. He's literally, this is the same, this is a symbol of prayer here. He's literally trying to beat the, the sickness off of his family, trying to beat disease off of his family, trying to beat worry off his family, poverty and, and stress and lust and bad habits and addictions. He's literally beating it off in the secret place. Hallelujah. And God's going to take what he's been doing in secret and turn it around and do it openly hallelujah oh isn't that something he's about to use Gideon to beat the bad off of the land of Israel hallelujah hallelujah mm -mm -mm. look what Jesus can do through you amen I'm telling you so he's there in this wine press experience and he's beating bad off of the good so that it can make bread for his family. Oh, y'all stay with me today. The Lord still has the power and the authority to do this through Jesus Christ as we pray and as we seek his face. Now, mm, I don't have time right now to tell you about the wine press because the wine press talked about opportunity. Wine. That talks about good times. If you're drinking wine, you got some good times. <laughs> Especially during this time when everybody was in poverty. So the Midianites did not, they did not expect that somebody would be using the wine press because that symbolizes prosperity. And who would be over there trying to feed their family in a secret place of prosperity? So let's leave him alone. Hallelujah. They didn't even know that he was there on an assignment from God. And it was in that place that the angel of the Lord whoosh, comes down and talks to Gideon right there while he's beating the bad off of the good, trying to feed his family, trying to stay out of the, of the Midianites' way. The angel of the Lord comes to him, and I believe we're going to stop here uh, for today. The angel of the Lord comes to him in verse number 12. Let's look at this, the first part. And it says, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Whoo! The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Look at verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, oh my Lord, if the, if the Lord would 
if the Lord be with us, then why is all this befallen us? Or where be his miracles, uh, which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up? from Egypt but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites are you with me Gideon gets an attitude with God now here's an angel speaking to them and, and Gideon does not know at this time that this is an angel are you with me I'm about to wrap this up are y'all still with me today Gideon gets an attitude he this shows us a root of bitterness that he has against God. But let me show you, I'm going to show you two ways. Maybe just one way today and we'll show the next, the next way the next time. If Gideon's heart was free of bitterness, he could have heard this word like this. And I pray you heard, I pray you hear this word today. If Gideon's heart was free from bitterness and he had heard this word, the Lord is with thee. Mm. The Lord is with thee. I pray that shocks something in your mind. I'm in this poverty situation. And you're telling me the Lord is with me. Mm. Mm. Because if the Lord is with me, then that means that, that I can outrun the chariots if God is with me. If God is with me, then that means that I can divide the Red Sea and see Pharaoh and walk through on dry land and, and see Pharaoh behind me drown in the Red Sea. If God is with me, then that means that I can go into this fiery furnace and come out not even smelling like smoke. If God is with you, the Bible declares who can be against you. You won't even smell like smoke. You can go into a lion's den of hungry lions and come out with no bite marks, having a good night's sleep. If God's with you, you'll see the chariots of fire surrounding your adversaries on every side if God is with you you can face a giant with just a rock and a sling if God is with you in time of poverty God can feed your whole family with a little bar with a little barrel of meal hallelujah he can make you rich with a small pot of oil if God is with you you can feed thousands with just a little boy's lunch if God is with you when you praise him the prison doors will open shackles and chains will Will fall out if God is with you who can be against you so Gideon should have said wow the Lord is with me the Lord is with me where's my enemy now God is with me where's my enemy hallelujah because if God is with you no one can stop you hallelujah give the Lord a hand of praise I'm telling you Shoo. But we can't hear glad tidings of good news because we're bitter toward God because of our past circumstances. But the Lord's trying to shake us and let you know I'm with you. I'm with you when you can't reconcile your checkbook. I'm with you. I'm with you when the bill collectors are calling. I'm with you when you count up the money and there's not enough there. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm with you to deliver you. I'm with you. I was with you in the doctor's office. I was with you as you there in surgery. I was with you as you sold a job. I was with you when you had to tell somebody the truth and when they turned their backs on you. God said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And nothing can separate you 
you from my love the Lord says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ neither tribulation nor peril neither stressful time neither poverty God is with you today and he sent me here to tell you that you're coming out of this thing hallelujah you're coming out you're coming out you're gonna make it out hallelujah your marriage is gonna make it out your relationships are gonna make it out your finances are gonna make it out your business your ministry because God is with you give God a hand of praise hallelujah Shoo. he's with you today he's with you today just open your eyes to see let the bitterness fall you know the Lord knows that you've had some trying times but now he's sending you a word just like he sent to Gideon and wanting you to know that he is with you and because he's with you oh let his arms wrap around you and let him lead you in the way that you should go I pray you've heard the word of God today if you have, give the Lord a hand of praise. We're done in this place in the name of the Lord. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.